Hello and welcome back to There Was an Idea, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. I'm your host TK, a teacher and pop culture enthusiast. In this episode, MCU Top 5s with some longtime friends of the podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast, you can follow me for updates and behind-the-scenes extras at anidea underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And please consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Enjoy the episode. Just a quick note to say that this episode does contain spoilers for many of the films and character arcs within the MCU. Some of the guests that you'll hear from have not seen the latest release, Shang-Chi. Some have. So there is some discussion of that film. In many of the conversations, we touched on multiple films and shows within the MCU. So if you are not all caught up, just a blanket warning because some of the conversations do include some detail. All right. So we are fresh off the release of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which had an incredibly successful opening weekend at the box office. And is having a moment of praise from audience and critics alike. The introduction of Shang-Chi and the new cast of characters in this film, and additionally the general excitement over having a new origin story in the MCU that was incredibly well done, has prompted a lot of discussions among friends of mine, fellow podcasters, among fans on the internet, about where this film ranks among those other solo films of the MCU, other origin stories of the MCU, and in general, among the now 25 MCU films. So this got me thinking about my own ranking of the MCU films, and it's becoming harder and harder to do now that there are 25, now that there are the Disney Plus series that that are going to be increasingly interweaving with the theatrical releases. So it's a tough task to go ahead and rank all of the films. And then there's also the recency bias to contend with, which I've talked about a lot, given the amount of praise that I've had for Black Widow and that you're going to see I now have for Shang-Chi as well. When you leave that movie theater and you're kind of on that high of that experience, I find myself thinking, oh, this is my favorite one. But then, of course, you can think about, well, what are we ranking by? Are we ranking by the longevity, how well the film stands up to time, the role of a particular film in a character's journey, the role of a particular film in terms of what it did for causing shifts in the MCU in more of a meta type of way, the rewatchability of a film, some of that nostalgic personal connection to the films that we like to revisit because of whatever warm and fuzzy feeling it might give us inside based on our own relationship to it. So there are all of these different kind of factors that can go into ranking. And it's something that I find really intriguing, talking to other people about how they come up with their rankings and so on. So for this episode, I'm not going to attempt a ranking of all of the films in the MCU, but instead I'm going to take the approach of top fives. Later on in the episode, I'm going to share my top five villains in the MCU, and I'm going to share my top five overall favorite movies in the MCU as of September 2021. And in this episode, you're also going to hear from some longtime friends of the podcast who I sat down with to chat about their top fives as well. Among them, you're going to hear from my mom, Lori, who was featured on the Ant-Man and the Wasp analysis episode that we did together last fall. 
You'll also hear from Kevin, a fellow teacher who has been on the show a number of times talking about Endgame, WandaVision. You'll hear from the guestiest guest of all of my guests, uh, CH, who has been on the show a number of times, Captain Marvel, Avengers, WandaVision, Loki. I might be missing a couple of other appearances as well. And then you'll also hear from Rob, who has also been on the show a number of times, Captain America, Winter Soldier, Infinity War, Loki as well. Again, I might be missing some, but these are people who have all different types of relationships to the MCU. Some of them have been fans for a longer amount of time. Some of them have kind of been in and out of watching the films. Some of them are newer to the films. Some of their relationships have in a way been formed or informed by their conversations with me and conversations for the podcast. And so I think it'll be really cool to see where everybody lands with their top fives, where we might see similarities, where we might see differences. And I'm looking forward to you all hearing those conversations as well. But before you hear from them, I'm going to kick off this top five episode by talking about my top five characters in the MCU. This is incredibly difficult because there are so many characters that I love in different ways. Walking out of Shang-Chi, I felt this overwhelming love for Shang-Chi himself, as well as his sister Xiaoling. And I can see these characters becoming some of my most beloved characters in the MCU because of such a strong first impression that they had in this film. But when looking at my top five, I did decide to stick to characters who I've had a little bit more of a longer relationship with and thinking about characters who are my favorites because of the ways in which they've grown and changed in the MCU. And then also the way that my relationship to them has changed over the years as I have grown and changed as well, you know, over the course of the release of all of these films and shows. My number five favorite character, Bruce Banner and the Hulk. I love the duality in Bruce Banner. I love the relationship between these two aspects of himself and the conflict between these two aspects of himself. I think his story is an incredibly fascinating one. I've loved the way that we've grown in our relationship to him over the course of the MCU, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of him in the future as well. My number four favorite character is Loki. I love a character who has been on all sides of things, who has been an antagonist and a protagonist. Loki is... My favorite thing about Thor and Thor The Dark World, which are not my favorite films in the MCU, but Tom Hiddleston's performance is so strong. This character has always been so beautiful and tragic. I'll never forget how much I was impacted by his villainy in the first Avengers film. And he was so good as a villain, but Then we've had this opportunity to see all of these different aspects of him, most recently in the Loki show, which in throwing this character into an incredibly new context, away from Thor, away from any of the times and spaces in which we had already encountered him, to see those aspects of him that are consistent, that question, what makes Loki a Loki, and to see the ways in which he can grow and change was so powerful. So number four is Loki. My number three favorite character is Natasha Romanoff, Black Widow, a character who I didn't necessarily love on first appearance way back in Iron Man 2, but who really, really stuck out in the Avengers. Didn't love her character as much in Avengers Age of Ultron. I think, as I've talked about before, it's a little bit more of the problem in the writing of that film than it really was with the character. But the character got to a place of such strength and consistency and relatability and thinking about the role she played in Winter Soldier, in Civil War, in Infinity War and Endgame, the recent release of Black Widow and seeing that chapter in her life and seeing how 
her family and her past had really informed so much of what we saw in her leadership in Infinity War and Endgame was just so powerful. So Natasha Romanoff is near and dear to my heart. My number two favorite character is Wanda Maximoff, the Scarlet Witch. Wanda is a character who stood out in Avengers Age of Ultron. She and Vision as well are two of my favorite aspects of that movie and why I can never be too hard on that movie because it's the film that introduced those characters to us. I love how we've seen her grow in the MCU, how she's come into her power from that scene in Age of Ultron when Hawkeye says to her, you step out that door, you're an Avenger, and she makes that decision to seeing her grappling with herself and her power in Civil War, to seeing the love she has for Vision in Infinity War and the incredibly powerful moment between those two characters when she's forced to kill him at the end of that movie. Endgame, Thanos says, I don't even know who you are. And she says, you will. Ooh, gives me chills. And little did we know at that moment exactly what we were going to see from Wanda in the next phase of the MCU in the incredible show WandaVision, which is my favorite of the Disney Plus shows, which if I were ranking it among all of the installments of the MCU films and movies alike would be way up there. I absolutely love WandaVision and Elizabeth Olsen's mastery of different types of performance in that show and just how much we saw that character go through, seeing how her past informed her present, seeing the love she has for this new family that she created, throwing her into that gray area of anti-hero or flawed hero Maybe in the future with her new Scarlet Witch power, she could even become villainous. I'm so excited about what will come next for Wanda in the MCU. And finally, this will come as no surprise, my number one favorite character, Steve Rogers as Captain America. Love everything that the character of Captain America represents, whether it's Steve or Sam taking up that shield. I love the symbolism of it. I love the shield as a weapon. And Steve Rogers himself is... I've said this many times before, an incredibly aspirational character. I love his leadership style. I love the way he treats everyone with respect <laughs> from little moments like, I am Groot, I am Steve Rogers, to the way he calls Vision him when Vision first comes to life and everybody's like, what is this thing? His friendship with Natasha, his mentorship to Wanda, his friendship with Sam, of course, his friendship with Bucky. Steve is an all-around incredible character, and I miss him very much in the MCU, but also am excited to see that spirit of Captain America continue on as well. All right, so my first guest for this very special top five segments episode is Lori. She is also known as my mom. She was a guest on the podcast for the Ant-Man and the Wasp episode. And I've mentioned her on the podcast a few times, along with my dad. We've been going to see the more recent MCU releases together. And she's here to tell us about her top fives. So where do you want to start? Do you want to start with characters or do you want to start with movies? Well, I'll start with my top movie. Okay, number because, one. Number one favorite right, movie. My top movie because the character in the movie is also my top character. Okay. I think I know who it's going to be already. And that is Iron Man 1, Tony Stark. Okay. When I think of Iron Man 1 and Tony Stark, I think of, you know, the cool dude with the scotch glass and how could you not, right? He's iconic. He's That's he's, where it all started. Exactly. And I'm very upset that he's no longer with us. It's true. His legacy is going to be all over the new phases of the MCU, but it's... Uh, it's not the same. It's not the same. Not at all. So Tony Stark's your number one. 
as well as Iron Man 1. Iron yes. Man, the first Iron Man movie. Now, I don't have any um, in particular order for the rest. Okay. But my other characters would include Loki, of course. Mm-hmm, Can't mm-hmm. leave him out. Um, and while he doesn't have his own movie, he does have the show. And that would be my favorite show if you were to ask me that today. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask you that today, so that's good. <laughs> Natasha, mm-hmm. um, as well as Yelena. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And finally, Steve Rogers. Those are good. Those are a good top five characters. And we have we have some in common. I know you haven't heard my list yet. No. But we definitely do have some in common in there. Um, so I have to bring up the Black Widow. Is Black Widow also on your... Yes. And it's, it probably is number two. Okay. But if I stopped and thought about it long enough, I might not have to stick with that. But It's, I, it's I, hard to I'd rank them when they're very, all so good. Very, very hard. So Black Widow, what I think of is obviously Natasha and Yelena, sisters, um, badass, just like the best team, I think, out of all of them. Mm-hmm. And maybe because the movie is so new, I'm not quite sure, but just top-notch badass. And we got to go see the movie together Absolutely. as a fam. Absolutely. And then we, we saw it a second time. And we, that's right. That's right. You guys watched it on, on Disney as well, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. You were there when we took Natasha out of the movie theater too. Uh, yes, of course. Dad <laughs> walked out of the movie theater with Natasha um, from the big giant cardboard uh, cutout. And she is currently living in your house. That's right. If you if you haven't heard uh, previous allusions to my taking home the Natasha off of the cardboard installation from the movie theater, then uh, you could also check social media because I posted some some pictures of that. All right. So we have two movies, two movies, Iron Man and Black Widow. Right. If we were going to round out your top five, what else really sticks out for you in the MCU? Endgame, of course. Mm-hmm. Right. And what I think about Endgame, obviously tying into the Black Widow is the death of the Black Widow. Very yeah. sad. Yeah. Very, very discouraged by that. But And Tony, too. As well. Of course. Tony, my fave, right? Yeah. So <laughs> my maybe, very fave. Where I guess maybe we're a little similar, because even though it's like some of the favorite characters dying in that movie, it's still, mm-hmm. even though we, we love them, it's it, the the power of seeing those scenes is, is really memorable and important. And then another scene is, of course, Avengers Assemble. Yeah. That's like... Probably the number one, right? With Steve. Yeah, of course. Steve, top-notch. Another top-notch character right there. Um, another movie, of course, Shang-Chi. We saw that together. Yes, recently. Yeah, very recently, within a week, right? Mm-hmm. And the scene that comes to mind there that I think about is when he uh, – what a cute little boy. He was the such little a cute boy. little boy, yeah. yes. But what I think about is how when he was holding on to his sister when they were on the dragon and he said, I'll never let you go again. Yeah. A um, little choked up. Um, of course, so many wonderful scenes. The fight scenes were amazing. Mm-hmm. But that scene, you know, being very family-oriented as I am, um, thinking about, you know, brothers and sisters and sisters and sisters and brothers and brothers, um, that was probably a very touching scene for me that I it recall. It com- comes up a lot in the Marvel movies, too. When I was looking at that scene, it reminded me of of Thor and Loki a little bit, Absolutely. even though there was that antagonism. I think we're going to see some antagonism with Shang-Chi and his sister in the future. And it also reminded me of, of Natasha and Yelena too, mm-hmm. when um, Absolutely. she kind of lets her go on the parachute there yes. to kind of a lot of parallels. protect her. So a lot kind of, of parallels, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And then another movie I have to mention, again, not necessarily like in any specific order, but Guardian of the Galaxies. Mm-hmm. And when I think about that movie, 
Um, and of course, more than one of them, I just think about the interaction of the characters. How yeah. they, they're all such different characters and how they interacted so well. And of course, my favorite being Groot and, and Rocket. Yeah. Just too cute because I love animals. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, Rocket and Groot are, are my favorite of the Guardians too. And I almost had Rocket on my top five characters list. He he just missed the cutoff, which is silly to say because nobody's forcing us to rank them. We can love them all. We but, can love them all. Um, Absolutely. So Iron Man, mm-hmm. Black Widow, Endgame, Shang-Chi? Shang-Chi, and Guardians of the Galaxy. That's it. But not to leave out the others because I love them all. It's true, but that's a really <laughs> solid, that's a really solid list of five. Yep. And some great characters that you chose there, too. You said Loki's your favorite show. Loki's my favorite show. Um, oh, not to leave out WandaVision. <laughs> um, WandaVision was amazing. Just not my top. My top top. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Loved it. And uh, Hawkeye is coming, no? Hawkeye's coming up soon. Okay, Hawkeye's coming up. Sorry, yeah. I got confused there for a second. That's all right. Um, <laughs> but yes, but Loki, my top. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough. I think WandaVision is still my number one for the show's. But Loki is also, it's it's hard sometimes, you know, and I, I said this before in the intro, it's a little tough. What are we ranking based on? Is exactly. It how much we enjoyed it in the moment, how much we think it contributes to the overall story, the character development. So you can rank. how could you leave out Sam? Well, I mean, like, how could you leave Sam out Sam? Sam and Bucky. I know. It's true. And Bucky. And, of course, I forgot yeah. about Bucky. <laughs> well, I mean, those two characters, too, are amazing. And mm-hmm. that show, yeah, it, it's that's what makes it so special is hearing everybody's different opinions and as much as we love it all to kind of see what really stands out most. So so thank you for having me in the moment. That's what I came up with. So next up, we have multi-time guest on the podcast, Kevin. He's here to discuss some of his MCU top fives. How's it going, Kevin? Going good, Tara. Thanks so much for having me back. I'm, uh, I'm excited about this one. I feel more comfortable with this podcast um, than any of the other ones that I've done. That's for sure. I'm happy to hear that. You've always been a wonderful guest on the show. And part of why I invited you to this one is because I wanted to get the the gamut of people to share their top fives, people who have been fans of the series for a really long time, since some of the earlier movies started coming out, to people who are relatively newer fans like yourself, and to sort of see where the overlap is and where perspective where perspectives may vary as well. So I'm really excited to hear your take. Yeah, I'm glad that I can play the uh, beginner's role for you on this uh, <laughs> podcast. I, th- I think I'll fit well. So, Kevin, why don't we start with your top five favorite movies in the MCU? Cool. Yeah, this was definitely difficult. I- I'm sure it is for everybody. Um, it was probably more difficult going what's four, five, six, seven, eight yeah. than it was one, two, three, four, because I, I kind of felt like I left some things off the list, but that's okay. So, number five. Um, I start with the Avengers for me, you know, just, I watched all these movies so close together because I only started last year and I watched all the way through seeing all of them on the screen together. That's kind of what as a fan or as a person who didn't watch the movies and then started watching the movies, that was the image that you had. So to first get that image was pretty awesome. Um, I mean, the cast is just absurd and you also do start to quickly see that even when the fate of the world is kind of at stake. There's their differences. They don't always get along, which obviously sets the stage moving forward that, you know, Steve and Tony aren't always going to see eye to eye. They they always have the same goal, 
goal, but a different way of getting there. And so I love the Avengers movie. Um, and so that was number five on oh, my list. I'm with you, man. I love the Avengers so much for all the reasons you said. And it's just, it, it might not have the level of spectacle that Infinity War and Game have, but it's just like, it is where it all started. And to see that team team up for the first time, it's so special. Yeah, I, I love that movie. And, and that's one that I've rewatched a couple of times. And it's a, it's a very easy rewatch, too, maybe because it's earlier in the, in the series. 100%. Yes. Kind of leads me into my next movie, which I think is the easiest to rewatch because it is the first in the MCU. And that's Iron Man. You know, if you remember back to last summer when you got me into the Marvel movies, obviously I had no idea where to start. And I texted you and I said, hey, I'm, I'm going to give it a try. What do I start with? And, and you said, you know, Iron Man's the first one. So I went with Iron Man. And for me, it was kind of do or die. If I, if I liked it, I was going to continue watching. If I didn't, I probably wouldn't continue on with the series. So um, I probably maybe have Iron Man a little bit higher than other people because of that. But I also just love that there's no connections to be made yet. You can just watch yeah. it fresh and not have to think, wait, what happened previously? Because my mind just goes sometimes, especially when you watch these so close together. Um, and I love Pepper. She's one of my favorite characters. She's not on my favorite characters list, but she's one <laughs> of my favorite characters. And um, I never liked Tony, but I like the role that Tony plays. You know, he, he's obviously um, so important and pivotal to the whole MCU and the Infinity Saga. So loved Iron Man. Yeah, Tony is one of those characters who even... If you are a fan who he doesn't resonate with you personally as much, you can't deny the power that he has and just how spectacular RDJ is and how much he embodies that character and, and how pivotal that character is. Yeah, Robert does play the perfect role there. There's no doubt about that. Like you couldn't fill it or cast it any better, I don't think. Absolutely. Number three on my list is Captain America, the first Avenger. For a lot of the same reasons that it's such a great re rewatch, you can just go back. It's where it all started. Um, and I also love the World War II aspect. Um, you know, as, as a history teacher, um, I love World War II movies. So kind of combining the MCU with World War II, it can't really get enough of that. I also love kind of looking back on it and knowing who Bucky was before he becomes the Winter Soldier. Um, that always made it easy for me in the movies where he was playing the villain to be like, well, that's not really him. Mm -hmm. Like you just watch the winter soldier to start. You're like, Oh my God, terrible person, you know, but when you watch, um, the first Avenger, you, you get the idea of who he actually is. And, and so, um, great movie. And obviously it's when you introduce Steve Rogers. So you can't beat that. Fantastic. Um, number two on my list, and I almost went number one with this, and it's probably different from a lot of other people, but it's the original Guardians of the Galaxy. I love that movie. I feel like people like the second one more, but not me. Uh, I love the second one, but uh, the first Guardians of the Galaxy, I, I just, I laughed the entire movie. I mean, the humor in it is amazing. Um, in the first like 25 minutes, 30 minutes of that movie, they introduce so many characters mm -hmm. that are going to play such pivotal roles over the entire Infinity Saga. And I don't think any other movie does that. I mean, if you think about like Iron Man, like, okay, you meet Tony Stark, but who else do you really meet? I mean, in Guardians of the Galaxy, you meet five, yeah. six characters that are going to be with you for, for several movies moving forward. And my favorite character, I guess this is kind of a, a spoiler, it is from Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> so um, that plays a role as well. 
I'm with you that I prefer the first Guardians to the second one. So some of it's like a nostalgia thing for me too, but it's a classic. It's a classic. I don't think you can go wrong with either one. And I just love that every single character in that movie is so flawed. Yeah. And for me, I, I like that. And there's some great scenes. Just thinking of the prison scene, mm-hmm. um, that first movie, um, that 15 minutes or however long it is, is just, it, it's awesome. I loved it. So one of my favorite 15 minute stretches in the MCU too. All right. So we got to know what comes out yeah. on top. I guess number one is not a surprise. Um, for a lot of people, it's the highest grossing movie. I, I love that game. <laughs> was looking forward to it the entire time I was watching this series. I'm like, should I just skip ahead and watch Endgame? And I never skipped ahead. I went through the, all the movies and then I watched Endgame. And I'm so glad I did. And my expectations were through the roof and it delivered. And there's not a lot of movies like that that, that deliver as much as you expect. Um I love that they went a little bit longer with it. Mm -hmm. It needed three hours. They gave it three hours. I'm sure like hardcore MCU fans have some criticism of it, but for me, it just hit on all the different levels. Um, There was laughter, there was borderline tears, there's everything. And and it wrapped up everything that it needed to wrap up. And so um, Endgame for me is just, you know, it's incredible. I'm not going to show my hand too much, but I definitely have some movies in common with you on my list. I'm going to reveal mine at the at the end of this episode. I think you hinted toward a little bit of who resonates with you in the MCU, but who do you have for a top five characters? And were you able to rank them five, four, three, two, one? I mean, I did, um, but I'd say two, three, four, five are pretty interchangeable. And even back to my movies, just real quick. I mean, I I love Civil War. I love Infinity War. I love Black Panther, and so those could have been number five. So. Mm Four, five, six, seven kind of gets dicey. But for characters, um, my fifth favorite is Black Widow. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. full disclosure, I haven't even seen um, the movie yet. Yes, we're uh, going to watch it together, Kevin. We're going to. Yeah. At some point, I will see it um, for a variety of reasons I haven't. Uh, starting with I don't go to the movies and then I'm too cheap to pay $30. But we won't get into that right now. <laughs> um, I'm sure uh, some of your fans are looking down upon me right now. But I feel like... First of all, thinking back to Endgame, you know, the scene uh, with Hawkeye, like to me, that's the best scene ever in the MCU. And they're literally fighting over who's going to die and who's going to give their life. And, you know, I I can't get that out of my head. You know, that type of scene, the self-sacrifice. And that's what Natasha is throughout it. Mm -hmm. She's always willing to go above and beyond and sacrifice herself for the betterment of the group or the betterment of the world, whatever it might be. And so I'm a big fan. Um, This, I guess, might not be true anymore because of the recent movie, but I love her mysterious past too, Mm -hmm. where you're kind of like, there's something more there. We don't know. She's trying to compensate for something. And then lastly, I feel like there were so many chances where she could have had a love interest and she never did. And and I ultimately like that. Um, Whether it was Steve, they always had their flirtations. Uh, Bruce, they always had their flirtations. And so um, I guess I like that she stayed single. <laughs> so that we all held out hope. <laughs> exactly what I'm saying. Yes. I think Kevin, I think that when you do see the movie, I, I think that you'll you'll double down on your on your feelings for the character and that self-sacrificial n- nature. And for what it's worth, not to not spoil too much for you, but no love interest. And while we do find out some of the the chapters in her past, there's still mystery to be had. So I do think you'll really enjoy the film. And so at some point 
you're going to come over. We're going to fire up Disney Plus. And I have the Black Widow cardboard cutout from the movie theater now. We'll, we'll have her there to join us. We'll do a, a viewing party. We'll have Rob over. It'll be great. Number four on my list is Bruce Banner. I, I think just the character arc is, is what resonates with me. Um, the idea that he's the voice of reason in a lot of situations, but yet at the same time, you know, he's the one with the temper. Mm-hmm. And so um, that irony um, is something that I love. I think just the way he talks throughout all of the movies, he's kind of got this calming voice where, you know, he talks slowly. Um, but when he speaks, they listen. Yeah. And there's a variety of reasons for that. Obviously, he's incredibly intelligent, but it's also the fact that, you know, that the other guy can come out at any point. Um, so they, they always stop and listen when he's talking. So big fan of, of Bruce Banner more than the Hulk. But the Hulk does save them in so many situations. So, you know, you have to throw that out there, too. Let's see. Number three. Um, this is one who probably won't be on too many uh, people's lists. And I love the Ant-Man movies. Uh, I go Ant-Man, Scott Lang. Awesome. I also love, like, Luis and Jimmy Woo. Mm-hmm. And so several characters that originated there, um, I'm a pretty big fan of. I, I just think it's perfectly casted. He's kind of the underdog, right? He's done some illegal things, but nothing too bad that you can't love him. He wants to be a good father, you know, even though maybe sometimes he's not the perfect father. And then um, the scene where he sees his daughter again. Oh, like, yeah. That's, you know, awesome. So and, and he's hilarious. Um, so and he's big, such an important player in Endgame. Bigger than you would ever think. Yeah. Leading up to it, I feel like the Ant-Man movies, Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp are kind of like a lot of people's secondary. Um, You know, when you look at some lists thinking about doing this, not too many people rank them even in the top 20. Um, They're they're towards the bottom. But I I enjoyed both of those movies thoroughly. Absolutely. Love Scott Lang. Um, Number two is Thor. I kind of feel like putting Thor on this list isn't fair without just putting Loki with him. Sure. Because... You can't have Thor without Loki. Um, so not having Loki on my list, I feel like I have to give the shout out to him when I talk about Thor here. You know, again, one of my favorite scenes ever is when he's fat, drinking the beer, mm-hmm. playing the video games, and he's yelling at the guy. I mean, <laughs> I, I love that. And that's just a, a humorous scene with Thor. Um, but obviously throughout all of the episodes, uh, all of the movies, I should say, you know, again, the character arc. You know, he experiences loss, he experiences defeat, he ends up back on top. Um, and so definitely enjoy Thor as a character. Yeah, it's really funny. I was rewatching Endgame last night. And every time I rewatch it, there's something new that sticks out to me. And I actually, I very rarely do this, but I tweeted a little bit while I was watching the movie. I usually don't. I'm not very good at Twitter. Probably anybody who listens to me knows this because the most I usually post on there is just like the advertisement for the latest episode. But I, what I wrote on Twitter was that in the scenario in Endgame, I wish I was. I would love to be a Steve or a Natasha, right? Like somebody who keeps working, keeps fighting the good fight, wants to move on, but just knows that they can't, right? Maybe I'd even like to be a Tony, right? Moved on with my life, but I still decided to to get back in. And I have so much, you know, he had so much to lose when he decided to get back in there and take this risk, right? And I was like thinking about how I'd love to be any of those types of personalities, but ultimately, ultimately I'd probably be the Thor who was just like, F this. 
I, we messed up. I'm going to distract myself. Got some games, got some food, got some drinks. I'm going to just immerse myself in this video game world. And I'm, I'm done, you know, until of course, I mean, the beauty of his story in that movie is that he does get back in and he's still worthy and all of this, but yeah, very relatable there. Yeah, we've all had those those moments, and sometimes they last longer than, than others. You know, where you kind of stop caring, you throw on a few pounds. Oh yeah, you, know, you disconnect, and and so very relatable to a character who previously wasn't that relatable to the normal person. I would say. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Number one on my list um, is Rocket. I love it. I love Rocket. Uh, I can't get enough of Rocket, the sarcasm, uh, the dry humor, the way he interacts with all of the other characters, um, you know, the way sometimes you forget he's even in a scene and then he comes out with that one line and you're just, you know, you're dying laughing. He's got like irrational confidence (laughs) and he has no problem telling you your greatest downfall, like hitting you where it hurts in the moment where it hurts the most. and there's something kind of refreshing about that. I think we probably all have a friend like that who's like a little too honest where they say something and they're like, yo, I just want to be honest with you. And it's like, I wish you weren't. <laughs> well, that that's Rocket. Um, you know, so many great scenes with Rocket. You know, there's one line that I think of that I had written down where somebody says to him in the first Guardians of the Galaxy, um, talking about him, he has no respect. And, and Rocket just says, that's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, and so that's... Why? One of the many reasons he's my favorite character. We see him grow throughout. Maybe we don't see a character arc like we do with some of these other characters. Um, but maybe that's just because he's unwilling to change a lot of times. Um, and he's got some great lines even in Endgame. Uh, it's not a huge part, but certainly some funny little lines there. Yeah, and the scene with him and Thor really stands out as being one when they're um, on Asgard trying to get the, the ether. That really sticks out to me about what you're saying, where he tells Thor like it is in that moment. And that's probably what Thor needed. And he also, he he comes through in the clutch. Like there are some situations where he comes through just thinking back, like starting with the prison break and then going all the way through there into end game. Like there's times when it looks like it's hopeless Mm -hmm. and he's the one who bails them out. And um, it's not always, and it's not really his typical role in these movies, but when you need him the most, he's there. And so yeah. I love Rocket and obviously perfectly casted. The voice is great. Yeah. He's my number one. I love it. Great list, Kevin. This was awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts, too, as we went through. I had some sense from the conversations we've had previously. I had some sense of what some of your favorites were, but there was also some surprises for me here, too, in, in hearing you break it down. So this was delightful. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, and I feel bad. You leave you leave characters off. You leave movies off. And it, it almost feels like you're saying you don't like those characters or movies, but couldn't be further from the truth, you know? Kevin, one quick question before we go. Yeah. The TV shows, do you have a favorite? Uh, Loki so far, yeah. yeah. Maybe it's because of Owen Wilson. Maybe it's just because that's the one I was looking forward to most and it didn't disappoint. Um, and, and again, I've always enjoyed Loki as a character. So really getting to dig deeper. Um, kind of peel back the layers there. Um, and, and I'll always love the idea of kind of his fatal flaw in that series was that he loved himself. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Loki would have to be mine. Great choice. Great choice. Thanks for having me, Tara. I appreciate it. Okay. A quick interlude now. 
I'm going to talk about my top five favorite villains in the MCU. This is also something that is talked about a lot. And I think people are doing some reconsidering after the most recent release, Shang-Chi. I like a lot of the MCU villains. MCU villains is an interesting conversation because sometimes they'll do a villain that's just there for one film. And sometimes that villain is not necessarily utilized as much as we might like them to be. And sometimes they make a decision to kill a villain off in one film. And that doesn't always necessarily seem to be the best decision if it's a character who resonates and people would like to see more of them. And then there are also characters in the MCU who serve as excellent one-off villains in particular films. I'm thinking specifically of Loki in 2012's Avengers and the Winter Soldier in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. If you were to look at those movies as individual entities, I think that those two characters would be toward the top of my list as incredible one-off villains, but I'm actually not going to include them because because we have broader relationships with those characters throughout the entire MCU. And I, I'm going to be looking at the villains on at people who strictly act as villains, antagonists in their films that we don't necessarily have this larger relationship with. Some of them are sympathetic villains. Some of them have an impact on the larger MCU. Some of them are more contained, but I chose not to include Loki and the Winter Soldier. I also didn't include Hydra because I looked at individual villains, but certainly Hydra is a incredibly compelling force for evil within the world of the MCU. All right, so let's do this. Number five, I have Hela from Thor Ragnarok, a villain we only see once in the MCU, but is one of my favorite things about that movie. It's such a fun, funny movie. Kate Blanchett's performance is just perfectly high camp, menacing, but kind of silly and I just love her so much. And and this character was cool. The fact that Thor and Loki have a sister all of a sudden. Okay, let's go along for the ride and see what she's all about. And I genuinely did think that her backstory of being Odin's kind of right-hand person and then becoming too ambitious, in her words, uh, for what Odin had in mind and then being cast out by him is really fascinating. You learn more about Odin in Thor Ragnarok and the way he's treated his children. Maybe Odin is is more of a villain than we than we care to think about sometimes. But Hela was great. I loved her interactions with Thor, loved the performance, and fit the tone of Ragnarok super well. My number four favorite villain is Vulture from Spider-Man Homecoming. Adrian Toomes, hardworking guy, cares for his family. You have sympathy for him, which I think is what makes some of my favorite villains compelling. But there's also moments in Homecoming that he's also extremely frightening. First and foremost, Peter Parker arriving at the home of the girl he's asked to the Homecoming dance, Liz, opening the door, and there Adrian Toomes is standing. An incredible moment in the MCU. One of my favorites. I'm glad I'm having the chance to talk about it here because Spider-Man Homecoming did not make my top five favorite movies list. But it is a film that I really love and wanted to have a little bit of a chance to talk about it. Part of what really makes it work for me is the interaction between Parker and Toomes, is the role of the vulture. When they're in the car and Toomes is driving and he's looking in the rearview mirror at Peter, the tension is just so palpable. And then when Liz leaves the car and they kind of have that face down and Toomes threatens him, it's it's so good. And I love that vulture is still alive at the end of Homecoming. I love that he didn't give up Peter's identity in that mid-credit scene. 
I hope we get to see some more of him moving forward. And hello, he's Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton is a legend, and it's so cool to have him in the MCU. All right, number three, a legend in his own right, an actor who I am learning more about now after the release of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Tony Leung as Wenwu, is incredible. I love the Shang-Chi movie so much. Part of the reason why is Tony Leung's performance and is the character of Wenwu. Starting from the introduction of the film, when we get backstory on how he has been alive for thousands of years and the amount of power that he's accrued, they build him up to be this intimidating, powerful man. And then we also see in that same intro the more vulnerable side of him, his falling in love with Shang-Chi's mother, the fight between the two of them that is this beautiful choreographed dance with 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 both antagonism and passion and flirtation it's incredible and throughout the movie he's this presence who is both incredibly commanding and intimidating but also he loves his wife who has passed away and there are those scenes that really make you feel for him. Like he really is hearing her voice and his motivation to do this horrible thing that he wants to do and burning down the gorgeous village of Talo is something that you can still feel for because he's being lied to. He's being manipulated. Of course, he's also done some incredibly awful things in the past, including in this movie, come close to killing Shang-Chi, his son. But, you know, he is obviously still a villain. So I think he's such a wonderful addition to the villains of the MCU. Very sad that he's killed in this movie. Sad that he's killed in this movie so that we won't see him again. But I also love what they're setting up for a Shang-Chi sequel and the Ten Rings returning and his legacy perhaps continuing in a certain way. My number two favorite villain is Killmonger from Black Panther. Again, I'm noticing that Hela, Vulture, Wenwu, now Killmonger, a lot of the villains that I'm picking are portrayed by actors who I've either always been a fan of or somebody who's just really stood out as, as being wonderful in the role. And Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger, I think, is is in that company. Again, like Adrian Toomes, like Wenwu, Eric Killmonger is a guy He's been through a lot, and I had a really fascinating conversation last summer when I talked about the movie Black Panther with with Professor Brian Yates, and he he adamantly said that he doesn't agree with the discourse around Killmonger was right, and I wouldn't say that I agree with that either, but I do think that Killmonger brings up some really important points in his conversations with T'Challa and with the others in Wakanda another character who was sadly killed in his first appearance. But what's great is that the television show What If is giving us the opportunity to see him again. And I am recording this before I have seen the most recent episode of What If, which focuses on Killmonger in more of a heroic role. So I'm looking forward to seeing that as well. And then number one is not going to be a surprise. It is Thanos. What more is there to say about Thanos that hasn't already been said? Unlike some of the others here, he is an otherworldly figure. He's larger than life. He's not just a, a person who has been through things and has become corrupted. So 
that's appealing in a comic book villain, that, that sense of heightened reality. But also, even though he is that, he also has a lot of the things that draw me to some of the other villains, which is a degree of vulnerability, which is a degree of softness, which makes the acts of violence then hit even harder. When Thanos has to sacrifice Gamora to get the Soul Stone, you can see some of that struggle. Like he genuinely did have love for Gamora, but his dedication to the cause that he thinks is so worthy drives him. His motiv- He has a one-track motivation, and he really believes in what he's doing. As they teased, of course, in episode two of What If, it is still just genocide, so <laughs> we're not condoning it. But Infinity War and Endgame did a great job of getting us into Thanos' mindset a bit. And just in terms of sheer impact on the MCU, the actions of Thanos and then the actions that the Avengers took to ultimately defeat Thanos, even though they lost the first time around, has had a tremendous impact on everything moving forward in the MCU. So Thanos, number one villain. Quick shout outs to Ultron. I do like Ultron as a villain. Zemo, Mysterio. Ghost from Ant-Man and the Wasp is interesting to me, a little underrated, I think. Obadiah Stane from the original Iron Man movie I've always quite liked as a villain in that film. And then thinking about the TV shows, obviously we have Loki setting up Kang, who I think is going to have a huge impact on the MCU. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention Agatha Harkness, who was incredible. Catherine Hahn's portrayal in WandaVision was insane. And I just love that character so much as well. All right, so next up we have... Our longtime friend CH is here to tell us a little bit about their top fives in the MCU. How's it going? It's going pretty good. How about you? I'm really excited to have this conversation because you are a person who is is relatively new to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and who I it's been really interesting. It's been cool to watch your relationship with these grow from dabbling into a couple of them in a one-off type of way to then doing the ultimate chaos order of of a watch of pretty much everything. I think you've seen pretty much everything now. Everything except for the Spider-Mans and uh, the Incredible Hulk. Still not the Spider-Mans. I keep forgetting that. Yeah, no, I have to like get them from the library or something. I don't know, but I haven't, haven't seen them yet. Okay, so then obviously those won't be making an appearance on, on your list today. They won't. Yeah, I was going to actually like you know, issue a disclaimer that I haven't sure. seen the Spider-Mans. And that's fine. Well, I, I mean, I, I will say that I have a feeling my top five is um, slightly different than a lot of other people's because of what you just said. And also because I think I have um, different values than most MCU watchers. <laughs> like, I don't care about, like, action or, like, mm. you know, any of the normal things you really associate with these movies. Like, I like things that are stupid. Okay, wonderful. I so. think you might get along a little bit with the guest I had on last week, actually, who was like, I don't like fight scenes. I hate fight scenes. <laughs> yeah, fight scenes are like annoying. Unless like, like sometimes there's like very cool fight scenes. There sure are. There sure like, are. A, like, like a lot of the fight scenes in Black Widow, honestly, were like very cool. It's like watching Buffy where like, I'm like, I don't care about the fight scenes, but like every once in a while, like there's like the Buffy Faith fight scene in Graduation Day. Mm-hmm. And like, that was amazing. And fight scenes that reveal something more about the characters yeah. and i think black yes. widow did that and i think i know you haven't seen it yet but shang chi does that and, and mm-hmm. i think you'll enjoy that as well yeah exactly so let's get into it you're you're promising that your list is going to be different and stupid these are some uh, of the words i'm hearing <laughs> yep 
That's my my promise to you is different and stupid. And you did rank five, four, three, two, one. Um, I did. I cheated a little bit here and okay, there. That's but fine. I did. Yeah. We all do. You ready? I'm gonna go. Yes. I'm just gonna go. Okay, number five. Uh Captain Marvel. Wonderful. And um I put Captain Marvel in my top five because I it, it is kind of special for me in that it was the first MCU movie I saw, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. as you know, because it was for this podcast. Because <laughs> I made uh, you. And I watched it for this podcast for you. Um, but I, I did, you know, even after having seen all of them, I'm still like, yeah, Captain Marvel, I, I like. it's. I like, you know, I really like the like identity journey in the movie. I like the anti-colonialism themes in the movie. Um, I like the bad guys aren't the bad guys twist. I like the soundtrack is fantastic. Um, so like, oh, I'm like really actually still one of my favorites. I actually, I still haven't watched it since we did the podcast and since I've seen all the other ones and I kind of want to like with the new perspective and like understanding like what the Tesseract is yeah. and things like that. But um, yeah, Captain Marvel is still up there for me. Yeah, that'll be fun to do to go back to it now <clears throat> with more of the knowledge that that you've gained. Right. It's a great right. movie. I think it's it's very underrated. And I yeah. the same things that you mentioned about it are the things that I love about it as well. And mm-hmm. yeah. is that you're in your top five just because of Brie Larson? Well, you know, I, I hear your sass there, but I'm actually not revealing my top five in any of my conversations. Uh, uh, you'll have to hear it wow. at the end of the episode. Oh, okay. I was going to say very cowardly that you're not revealing yours, but I guess. Oh, no, they'll be at the end of the episode. Okay. So fine. Um, Okay. So my number four, uh, I I think that this is one that you very much disagree with. My number four is (laughs) Ant-Man. I don't dislike Ant-Man by any means. Oh, okay. I thought you hated it. Um, No, I don't hate anything. I mean, there's very few things I hate. But Ant-Man is actually, this is, they, they all have a superlative, I think. Um, Ant-Man is the only one of the MCU movies that I watched in one sitting. Wow. And I like the only way I start like I got myself to watch these movies was by like admitting to myself that I can like watch them in more than one sitting. Right. Because I generally plan. just like don't want to watch like a two and a half hour movie. Sure. At once. I like don't. But Ant-Man, I started it and I was like just having such a good time. And it was so much fun. I just watched the whole thing. You know, just, like, the humor and the tone of the movie, I love. This is what I meant by, like, I like stupid things. Like, <laughs> it's just so funny. Um, and it's it's definitely, like, the least serious of all the movies. And I think, for me, like, MC movies shine when they do not take themselves too seriously. I did do, like, a, a dishonorable mention list. And I will say <laughs> that most of the movies on my dishonorable mention list are there because they take themselves too seriously. That's and, your like, beef with Civil War, right? Yeah. Well it's slightly different i'll get to my dishonorable mention list later all right and amanda though is like the antidote to those movies that are like too serious <laughs> oh the antidote i see what you did there number three is a cheat one because i put guardians and guardians two okay all right that kind of cheat is fine we'll allow it yeah yeah um the superlative of these two is that they're the i'm pretty sure the only mcu movies that made me cry oh both of them okay I'm, like, not a movie crier. I also, like, I watched them back-to-back. I did, like, over, like, three days. But, like, when, like I 
started Guardians one day, I finished it the next day. Right after that, I started Guardians 2, and I finished it the next day. So, like, I watched them, like, pretty back-to-back. So, like, maybe it was just, like, my mood that week, too. I don't know. But, like, they did both make me cry. Like, obviously, the Yondu funeral in Guardians 2 is very emotional. And um, when Groot... Oh, yeah. you know, Groot protects everyone and dies, and then it, but it was actually mostly like rocket sobbing about Groot dying that really did it for me. The way they humanized and that CGI raccoon man, I know that's and you know what I like really. That's one of the reasons that I love these movies. Honestly, is like Rocket and Groot and Baby Groot, just like the like band of misfits. Yeah, they're very funny and they're very fun. Like you really can't not love them and like want to be their friend. <laughs> You know, and they're not, they're also like not too serious. They have the great soundtracks. Um, and the score for both of them is actually also fantastic. Like it really yeah. interweaves both of that. Um, and I love them. Yeah, this is a great list so far. I <clears throat> Thank you. My number two favorite MCU movie is a television series called WandaVision. Wonderful. <laughs> this is my other cheat. Um, I almost invited this in in all of my conversations i almost invited this with myself i actually thought about why not have them right. on the board as options and like, i went in the direction if? of what if <laughs> i went in the direction of just movies but i think yeah. it's absolutely fair it's an installment of the mcu it interweaves with the films so i think it counts exactly and um i don't care <laughs> i'm putting it on the list <laughs> um and it just like really is like i don't know wandavision is like a masterpiece of an mcu installment like it's like it very well blends like the serious things and the silly things like it is simultaneously like a actually very beautiful reflection on like grief and trauma while also being like very fun and like very silly with the like just like a wonderful homage to television yeah and its history and just like wow what a true masterpiece feel the same way um i'm already nostalgic for the wandavision era like (laughs) right i'm like i like this is such a tangent but i started listening to this podcast i like really needed a podcast to listen to the other day because i felt like i was out and i was like i've been watching glee and i was like glee is the perfect show to listen to a podcast about because it's so stupid and so i found this podcast called like recovered gleek or something and it's about like how bad glee is but also how much we love it um and the episode i like turned on came out in february and they started talking about wandavision oh cool and i was like oh wandavision it was so great as much as i've enjoyed the other shows i feel like nothing can top how i was feeling the anticipation week to week with that one wandavision made it so that i was so excited about like falcon winter soldier and loki and like and then i was like oh these are fine. <laughs> I think that oh. Loki is is definitely much better than fine. But that being I, I, said, I, yeah, I like towards the end of Loki, I kind of was like, um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, anyway, back to it. Number one. So number one, I think two. I have a guess. I I've said it on this podcast before. Yes, you have. You have. And uh, the fact that I haven't said this this thing yet should probably be an indicator do you want to guess or do you want me to say it? no i know what it is now i think oh, going into this conversation I, I i think i accurately predicted what your top five would include but i wasn't sure what would be at the top but 
Mm. Now I know. Now you know that it is Thor Ragnarok. That's it. Um, all that I wrote in the notes for this is the camp, the humor, the Hulk. <laughs> that should have been the tagline. <laughs> That's so well, it would have ruined the Hulk reveal. Oh, good point. No, but, I think it was in the trailer. So, oh, it was. That's that's so stupid. Terrible, right? Because I was so excited to see the Hulk. Like that was like a reveal. Yeah, I'm glad that you didn't see the trailer. It was I, in I'm one so of glad the I, trailers. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad I didn't know that in advance because he came out and I was like, ah! <laughs> the camp, the humor, the Hulk, <laughs> the Hulk. Just love it. Like Thor Ragnarok is the the queerest. I've said I've said all of this on your podcast before. Thor Ragnarok is the queerest MCU event <laughs> event <yeah>. ever, <laughs> and it is just like so fun and like so gay and so campy. <laughs> it's just like everything I love. It's just so good. It's and, a wonderful like, movie. Such, so wonderful. Such like fun characters with like Korg. You get like Kate Blanchett in that outfit with, <laughs> and like the horns, you know, it's like, what doesn't this movie have? <laughs> Nothing. It doesn't have like Captain America because he's annoying. So, like, that makes it even better. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, so it doesn't have, it doesn't have the uh, type of righteous, righteousness and uh, self sacrificial, yeah. uh, sanctimonious type of characters that I love so much, but that's okay. Exactly. <laughs> Do you want to do dishonorable mentions now? Yeah, on that real note? quick. I don't have like much to say about them individually, but dishonorable mention goes to Captain America: Civil War because the entire movie could have been solved by two men just having a conversation. The, the entire movie only exists because toxic, toxic masculinity exists. It's so good, though. <laughs> no, it's not. I love Captain um, America: Civil War. I really like your take on it too. It's really funny to me but I love it. This is true. Uh, second to last on my dishonorable mention is actually Age of Ultron. I feel like I hate that movie. I don't know why, but I, it's like boring. <laughs> you're not alone in that. I like Ultron, but you're not alone in that. I like like Pietro. Yeah. And Wanda, introduction of Wanda. Yeah, but like she's in other stuff. I can get her elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the most dishonorable mention goes to Thor and Thor Dark World. Uh, which are the ones that I was talking about, just take themselves so seriously because it's Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. <laughs> and you like can't you like literally can't make a joke. So um they're just like way too serious and they fall so flat and I hate them. And it's isn't it really interesting to think about how Thor Ragnarok is your number one. Yes. Right. So it's the same character, some of the other right. same characters too, the same world, sort of, but that kind difference of in it's tone. actually in a different world. Okay, true, true, true. For most of it anyway. Um, yeah, for sure. And it's 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 entirely like a new director. Yeah. Like because it's so different in tone. And like it's I'm very excited for Love and Thunder because yeah. it's also the same director. Oh, I think it's gonna be awesome. I think it's gonna be so good. And like Natalie Portman comes back. And that was it. Like with Thor and Thor, Third Arc World, like they're so bad that like Natalie Portman can't even like make it worth watching. Like Right. She's wonderful. How is she so terrible in the it's not that she's terrible. Exactly. But, it's like, not that she's terrible. It's like the character in the movie right. is terrible. And it's like it's like a weird forced love story that makes no sense. I think that Thor Love and Thunder is going to do for like the Thor verse. It's going to do what I think some of the other newer films have done to rectify some of the missteps in the MCU's past. 
um, even little yeah. things like the conversation about Natasha posing in Black Widow and like kind mm-hmm. of poking fun mm-hmm. at how she was introduced. And I think that Love and right. Thunder is going to, I think Love and Thunder is going to fix a little bit so that when we look okay, back on, when we look back on the overall Thor movie, four movie arc, right. it might fit a little better. Yeah, I hope so. And it'll be like, at least then you'll have like, two good movies and two bad movies instead of <laughs> one good movie and two bad movies. And some justice for Natalie Portman. So we haven't yet talked so. about, you've hinted a little bit at some who may or may not resonate with you, but top five characters, what do you okay. got? Top five characters, number five, I have Luis from Ant-Man. So good. Because he's just so funny and it's like, it's just impossible not to love him. But he's also like, it's very easy, I think, to like underestimate him, and he like really does like pull through for a lot of the plot and stuff. Yeah, um, so I like that. And but he's just like so funny. Some of the funniest and scenes in in the entire like in entire MCU. Yeah. Like love Luis. He's great. Number four, I have uh, Sylvie actually, and I don't know why. I actually this, <laughs> I, I I read like the entire like wikipedia list of like mcu characters wow you did your homework because i was like i couldn't i couldn't like think of people and it was like sorted by like the like main top people like supporting people and then just like everyone else (laughs) so and i like as i went through it i like kind of wrote like oh i like that character oh i like that character and first i can't really explain why but like i just really like sylvie um i think it's i like i do still read her as trans I think that might be part of why. And I just think, you know, she has, uh, she's an interesting character and in that she has like a very traumatic and troubled past and like, like working through it in her way. And I hope that we like, you know, learn more about that. I think we will. I think we're going to see more of Sylvie. Yeah. She's a standout yeah. in terms of new characters introduced this year in phase four. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So I would like to see a lot more of her. Um, my number three is Shuri. I love that you're going with like the real kind of secondary people who haven't been in too many things. I love it. I have like I don't have like a main character on this list. <laughs> Shuri is awesome. I love her. Shuri is amazing. She is so funny. She's like a literal genius. Like she is single-handedly as a 16-year-old like holding up the entire nation of Wakanda. <laughs> yeah. Like she is incredible. She's like the better Tony Stark, (laughs) like every, like in every way. And it's just like, so funny because Tony Stark's is just like regular white dude. He's like, I'm so smart and I invent stuff. And like, wow, look at me. (laughs) And Shuri is just like literally like a 16 year old girl (laughs) who is like miles beyond him (laughs) and is like not an asshole. No, she's not. She's not arrogant at all. She's not arrogant in the slightest. She just wants to like like, make fun of her brother. Exactly. Like her like messing with her brother is just like so funny. <laughs> I think that your choice of putting Shuri on your list is going to be something that ages well and that I think she's going to have a much, much bigger role moving forward. In Black Panther 2. And yeah. Like, yeah. And I I already love her character. Mm-hmm. And I I chose when I was doing my my ranking of my characters to stick with people who I've had long a long term relationship with mm-hmm. and like have seen over many movies. But if I were going the other direction of like standouts just from like one or two movies, Shuri mm-hmm. is absolutely like on the top of the list. Yeah, Shuri is like fantastic. Yeah. I want like every movie to be about Shuri. 
She also, not for nothing, probably had the best, she failed, but like was the best hope at uh, defeating Thanos in yeah. Infinity War. In Infinity War, yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, you said all your your whole thing on like a teenager yeah. because like she's that great. I'm dying that to hear who you've got next. Leads me to my number two. It's controversial. <laughs> and I'm like half joking. Oh, God. My number two is Thanos. Oh, no, no, that's fair. That's fair. In terms of a compelling character. Very compelling character. Yeah. And I just think like I, I like really love the environment. And I like <laughs> think a lot about the environment and like global warming. And it's something I really care about. And that's something that Thanos has in common with me. <laughs> and it's just, like, when you're dealing with, like, a world-ending crisis, like, you have to, like, think of everything. And I wouldn't agree with Thanos' solution, and I wouldn't want to implement it. But I honestly, you know, I kind of admire his his dedication to the problem of global warming. And I also feel like I could picture you just, like, shaving the head and living in a hut and just like <laughs> oh it's totally just putting you know putting all of your infinity stones away and just destroying yeah, and just destroying like, that which gave you uh you know too much power or opulence yeah. and just being like it's just me and nature man right and like very beautiful nature yeah absolutely just without the genocide um. Yeah, I, I, I'm not down with the genocide. I want to make that clear. <laughs> but he's he's a very compelling character. He Absolutely. really makes you think. I hope that he made people like the fact that his solution to global warming is so drastic should emphasize how big the problem is. Yeah, scarcity. And I is hope that made real issue exactly. And I hope that made people think about it. And I just have to say that, like you know, a, a, a complex villain with like actual like logic. Like something real is is nice. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. There's Thanos. plenty of bad villains in these movies, um, and it's one of the better ones. Definitely, definitely my favorite villain. So I'm dying about this number one character because I think I mean I know you love the Hulk, but you said there's no main character on the list, really, no main hero anyway on the list. So it's not the Hulk. Yeah, well, I lied because <laughs> it's. <laughs> because my number one character is the Hulk. This is an this is an audio <laughs> this is an audio show. And so you can see me. <laughs> and so the the impact of what you did is not going to translate super well, but I'll I'll try to explain it for listeners. I'll, I'll say it right now. As I said that, I put on my Hulk mask. <laughs> which is why which you're I got your voice is slightly muffled now too because you're really right. embodying the hulk yeah um if you need like a picture or something like feel free i will um, absolutely screenshot if you yeah like this is my hulk mask that i got for your birthday party um so yeah i love the hulk <laughs> um on my like notes here i i i have the like five four three two one i have stuff written and under the hulk there's nothing written <laughs> because you were just gonna put on the mask and just embody him kind of because I, I can't tell you why i love the hulk so much i think i like really like the concept of like um like the, especially like the arc of the hulk from becoming like something that bruce like cannot control like comes out when he's angry he like hates it so much it causes him so much distress like this 
like part of him that he feels he can't control to like lo- like growing to uh there's a point where he's just always the hulk mm-hmm. to like being able to control it really well and it's just like um it's a great arc and i love it i also like bruce himself yeah you know the the quiet genius like such a great contrast to tony um because like, he's an asshole and uh yeah i just i love the hulk this is a great list of characters I wouldn't Thank mind you. seeing the team up between Hulk and Thanos. <laughs> well, honestly, you know who would be a great team up? Bruce and Shuri. Yeah, they would. Absolutely. They could do some real shit together. And they wouldn't um, accidentally create Ultron. That was all Tony's influence. Exactly. <laughs> I'm uh, not Bruce, cheating on but, Tony too much. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't really like Tony very much when I watched the Avengers movies. I did really like the first Iron Man movie. Yeah, he like kind of he did kind of like grow on me, but he's still like objectively an ass. Yeah, he's like super arrogant. He's like very egotistical. Like he's he is not the things that I like. Sure, it's and those qualities make him a fun character to watch, and and especially yeah. then in the moments when he's not, that are the moments that you know stick out as as being right. having meaning and significance and. So I, I absolutely also do love the character. I've talked to a lot of people who kind of end up in in being Tony, like a Tony person or a Steve Rogers person. And they kind of people who really love one don't seem to, don't seem yeah. to love the other. And this is a, just of some people I talked to. But I love how you're like, that's a false dichotomy. Team Hulk. <laughs> I, I hate them both. <laughs> I don't like either of them. They are both just like pure embodiments of different types of toxic masculinity. And I'm not here for it. Always calling my boy Steve toxic. Sorry. You just have Hulk bias. I have a little bit of Hulk bias. (laughs) Steve is like a a little bit of a better brand than Tony. But like it's still true. You're over here chilling in the hut with Thanos. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm like eight feet. No, he's definitely taller than that. I don't know. He's like 12 feet tall. I'm like 12 feet tall and green. (laughs) That's actually, I honestly, probably one of the big reasons I love the Hulk is because he's green. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> it love probably green. helps. Oh man! Well, thank you for that that wonderful list. Those two wonderful lists. Yes, you're welcome. Anything else on your mind related to MCU? Well, I, I'm looking forward to seeing Shang Chi. I don't know when or where that will happen because. Um, I'm concerned that seeing it in a movie theater, like it'll be too loud for me in a movie theater. So I don't know. The good thing is though, that if you don't go to the movie theater, it has only a 45 day theatrical window. So it's going to be available on streaming before we know it. Yeah. So I I might wait for that, but I'm, I'm, you know, excited to see that. Um, I'm kind of excited to see the Hawkeye show. Yeah, it looks so I'm good. Really looking forward to that. I'm glad I uh, I saw from you that it's Christmas, which like I love that. That's gonna be great. Cool. Yeah, I'd also like to see the Spider Mans. Yes, I I do think that they're essential, and yeah. I do think that you will. Uh, I do think you'll enjoy them. There's a good yeah, amount of I stupid I, in there. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I think I will. Um, in, a, in the best way. Right. I, I like the completionist part of me. Like wants to see the Incredible Hulk, but I'm also like. My boy Mark isn't in it. Yeah. So, but you like the character like, so much, so it might be interesting to see. Maybe, yeah, yeah, because there is consistency. Like there is a through line in terms of the oh, the Hulk mask is back on. I'm just imagining Ray walking in right now, 
being like, what the fuck are you doing? And they'd be like, what are you doing? Can we eat dinner? <laughs> As always, thank you for sharing your your hot takes on the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe. Yeah. And uh, um, if anyone wants to come at me, like you know, come at me. There's a little, there's a little bit of everything in this episode that a lot of people are going to really respond well to, and then there's a little bit of everything that some people are going to respond really negatively to. There's a lot of hot takes. Hot takes abound in this episode, oh, coming great. from me, coming from you, and my other guests. So great. I think people are going to be feeling a lot of emotional whiplash as they listen through this. So. That sounds like a, a great, um, great episode. Yeah, that's what makes good podcasting, I think. Yeah, exactly. Hot takes. <laughs> there it is. So finally, I have with me right now, I have Rob, multi-time guest on the podcast. And he's here to share some of his top fives with us. So, Rob, where do we start? Should we start? Let's start with characters. Let's start with characters. You want to start with characters? Yeah. That's a real wrench. I got to skip down to my notes in that one then. (laughs) Sheesh. I came as prepared as I could. By the way, Tara, thank you for having me again. Um, You know, your podcast is amazing. And to be on it as often as I am, it's a real honor. Yeah. Well, I can't wait. And and I'm really particularly awaiting your top five favorite movies. That's why I was yes. like, let's start with characters. I was about to say, I'm I'm just trying to filibuster to get, scroll down to my list of characters, but now I'm here, so I'm ready. I will start with five. Go four, three, two, one. I'll try my best. Are we ready? Let's do, let's do it. We're doing it right now. We're doing this live. Number five favorite character, Tony. Okay. okay. Have to actually say the Iron Man two and three movies were really underwhelming, kind of like almost borderline irrelevant, frankly, because I feel like that was, you know- we were in the world at that point where, like, I think the MCU was finding its bearings with plot lines after Iron Man 1 and its amazing success and, like, how great that was of, like, a real just groundbreaking movie. Oh, yeah. But why Tony's so great is I just, again, with when I think of, like, character development across the MCU, I think he's definitely in, I think, a majority of people tops five. So, you know, I don't want to be basic. But it's true, <laughs> especially because what then his death means. Spoiler, I'm sorry. But I have to assume people kind of know that. This will be fully spoiled. I was about to say, yeah, please say that in the beginning. So they should know that by the time they get to me. I'll make sure I remember. His death, then what that then means for the rest of the universe, really like, it's so important. It's like really a benchmarker from like old to new. Like now we're in the new phase, right? Like that's how important that movie of Endgame, his presence, what it means. I finally did see Homecoming, oh. right? And like those new, newer Spider-Mans. Oh, Far From Home, right. And then Far From Home. So I saw those back to back. And it was just incredible then. You can see like the before and the after in terms of his influence. So that was amazing. That was really amazing to see. Um, You're not going to get any pushback on having Tony Stark in your top five. You might get some pushback on Iron Man 3. Iron Man 2, not very popular. It was garbage. Sorry. I'm not a big fan. I shook I, from the hip. It was garbage. It's it, There are entertaining things about it, but it's not my favorite. It's definitely mm-hmm. in my like bottom three if mm-hmm. we were going to do that. I think bottom three. Yeah, bottom three or four. Yeah. Iron Man 3, I like a little bit more. Right. And I know some people who are big fans of Iron Man 3. Really? I can understand the merits of it. But again, if you're thinking of the whole universe, there's like 25 right. movies to really rank and characters to parcel through. I get it. But again, it's always preference and scope of the sequence. Just, you know, being very blunt, not for me. Just not for me. I like what it's set up in, okay, after the Avengers, what is Tony Stark going through and exactly. some of that PTSD and, mm-hmm. and that he was going through. The movie doesn't stand up as well for me just in terms of beat by beat where the story goes. I haven't seen it in a long time, but it kind of was a movie for me that I was like, I think I've seen what I've needed to see. Sure. Not my favorite. You sure. Know, just kind and of- that's what makes us all different. That's right. what makes us all 
different. That's the quote of the year. That's what makes us all different. That's what makes us all different. On the podcast and our tastes for the characters and the show and the movies. So that was great. I appreciate that. All right. So who we got at number four? More of like a, I wish I was him, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and maybe I am, but this is being very, my hubris is enormous. Quill. Yes. I was going to say Peter Quill. You have Peter Quill energy. That, I, I like you. That. I like you better than I like Peter Quill. That means but- a lot. Thank you so much. I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna tell my students that on Monday when we go back to class. I'm, you know, Miss Kearns' favorite. But the things I like about Peter Quill, you and yeah. he have in common. I think his journey as well is pretty awesome. His role in the Guardians of the Galaxy, which I actually spoiler will talk about in some of my favorite movies, is pretty awesome because he goes as someone that you think is human, then kind of finds out he's not. He is te- technically like a superhuman godlike, but has all those characteristics of someone that's funny, flaws, trying to figure himself out, goes through a love interest too, which you're kind of like, is that played out? Is that a cliche? But it's not. Like, you know, these characters are real. They have emotions. And I also think his greatest value to the series is kind of remembering that as great as expectations should be, like, you should still, you know, he's like, he always slogs through it, in my opinion. And I just, again, like part of the movies, the, re- the reason I love it is that they're funny and he mm-hmm. is that presence in a lot of it, similar to why I kind of like Tony, like he has those quips very quick. The actor, I think they cast it perfectly. So Star-Lord's my number four. Yeah. Pratt's performance as Star-Lord mm-hmm. is completely on point. Mm-hmm. It's, I can't picture anybody else in that role. Exactly. And that's what you want. You're like, yeah. who else would be like Tony? Same thing. Absolutely. Who else could play that? I mean, you'd be very few if any people come to mind. Uh, are we ready for number three? Let's do it. Thor. Okay. Not only because I physically want to look like him, <laughs> but he also is some, similar that, especially in Ragnarok, I feel like he really came alive as a character. Thor, first movie, okay, pretty good. Dark World got very, a lot of criticism because it was like really, literally dark. It was a very dark movie. But then yeah. Ragnarok comes out and everyone's like, wow, this is like amazing. And then obviously his role with the Avengers, like great. And he just stands for like good. He's another yeah. character that was very privileged, like entitled, but then like becomes very humble and like gets it, you know? So I think his journey in that respect, I love. And his dynamic with his brother also really like, you get that. Like mm-hmm. if you ever, if you have siblings, you you get it, you know? Mm-hmm. And you know, Loki will, I'm sure, come up in later in our conversations as well. But Thor is my number three. And favorite quote, I knew it, when Cap is able to pick up oh, Yonir. Uh, amazing moment. I thought that was so, like, because remember at that point, he's like fat. Yeah. He's overweight. He's yeah. getting his ass kicked by Thanos. Sorry if you have to bleep that out. He's getting his no, butt kicked by fine. Thanos. <laughs> and like when Cap just picks up the hammer, he's like, I knew it. You know, it's just so funny. I love that show of support. He wasn't yeah. jealous or anything like that. He's like, that's my man. Well, in Ultron, there was like, that it. moment where he moves the hammer a little bit and he's just like the fake laugh. You know, he's like, ha, 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 I knew he wouldn't move it. But in his mind, he's like, oh my God. God, is he worthy? You yeah. know, like, but then obviously that comes full circle with him actually being able to pick it up because he is worthy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's awesome. That was really, really awesome for me. So that's my number three. Slide it in. I feel like this is a fantasy draft. I love this. This is great. Oh, this is great. This yeah. is like, who would you pick to hang out with or who do you like the most? <laughs> Are we ready for number two? Let's go. I don't want you to be upset because you might be upset. I, but I know based I on our conversations, upset. Cap is two. Okay. Now no, explain that's fine. who number one is after. You had me first on the podcast about Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. I think a pivotal movie in the series based on like what we think about government intervention and rights. We talked a lot about that. His journey between like who he is, trying to figure out like his identity through all that. 
I think, again, like what Marvel did so well is they just make it so humanistic, right? Like we mm-hmm. can kind of relate. Like we try to find ourselves. And if a superhero is going through that, it kind of makes you feel better about yourself, totally. you know? So I think Cap's number two, just again, like such a – and I know we've talked about this on the podcast. People don't like him that you've talked to. But I think, again, like the classic Steve Rogers persona, like an everyday guy – Grew up in Brooklyn and then becomes a superhero, but like still keeps those characteristics of a guy that you would want to grab a beer with at the end of the day because he just seems like so down to earth, humble, again, ideal man body, Adonis, (laughs) you know, these are things that we always are looking for. Are we ready for number one? I am. I am. Can you put like a trumpet, like a slow, like what's that drum rattle in maybe during the podcast? Oh yeah, I can add in a sound effect. Sure. And the producers out there that really want to work with us. Number one. Again, I'm actually seeing it as in the universe. So maybe I'm cheating. No, not at all. Loki. Because of the show that just came out. I love it. I think his, again, frankly, as a character, he's an antagonist that you love. Because sometimes he's a protagonist. Right. But he's not always often. Like, again, he is introduced as the antagonist, Thor's brother. He also tries to go through his identity being part of technically like the frost giant, right? Like he's he's, uh, unraveled in that. But then, like, if you haven't seen the show yet, like, the journey that he goes through with that is just incredible to me. And again, it kind of, like, does, in my opinion, perfectly exemplify our own darkness, what we struggle with, that sometimes we're even antagonists of our own journey, yet you start to root for him as a protagonist. I think that takes very, really special writing, very delicate writing, and that they were able to achieve that with him. Amazing. And again, another character that I could not really envision almost anybody else playing Loki because he's just perfect for the role. 100% agree. Yeah. That's a great list, Rob. Well, you could have, that would have been really funny if you're like, Rob, that's a really mediocre list, but I appreciate your insight. All right. So Rob, let's count down your top five favorite movies in the MCU. Clear your next 45 minutes. I'm kidding. Here (laughs) we go. And again, it's funny how your favorite characters then align to like the movie you pick. Right. Because it makes sense. Like if you loved the character, you probably loved the movie that they were in that shined. Number five, Guardians of the Galaxy. Because again, in that point in time, you really think about it. What a like, it was a motley crew. Mm-hmm. It was like a ragtag bunch of guys. Technically, really none of them are like superheroes, like anything really special. They were just all skilled and that they all came together and their weaknesses were, were like basically... Um, dulled down by the strengths of each other, right? The way they overlapped and worked as a team. And again, for me, another great funny movie, you know, um, Ronan was a great uh, villain in that one, I thought. It was really funny. The end of it was really funny. The soundtrack actually was the first I ever bought on vinyl. So, because it was out in college and I had finally gotten a, you know, vinyl CD player and I actually was the first ever, it sounds like so like, wow, what a millennial. (laughs) But like, it actually was because like, it is all those oldies. They're great. You know, great I'm like, man, Rob was in college. I was already working. There you go. Uh, I'm pretty sure I was a senior. There you go. Well, you look fantastic. So no (laughs) one will know. Number four was Civil War. I think because of the implications it then had on the universe with oh, the yeah. shattering of the divides between Tony and then obviously with Steve, we've talked about it. It meant a lot, I think, for the universe, more than people sometimes always understand. So frankly, if you're going to rewatch a movie in terms of if you're thinking, what do I have to rewatch to maybe catch up on where the universe is now? I actually would just go to Civil War and just watch that because it kind of sums up the journeys of every single character in that moment. And then the split and the divide between the universe, again... What do we value? The oversight or like the safety and which is a perfect segue to number three, which is just Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. First time you had me on the podcast, 
I had a lot of opinions on it. Maybe they were wrong, but again, <laughs> I felt very strongly that its importance in the universe and kind of determining where Steve is in terms of what he values was really pivotal for him. And then obviously that bled into what happens in Civil War, right? Without uh, Winter Soldier, you don't have Civil War. It's a great through line between You know, exactly. So I think in terms of importance, that's why it's number three. Um, Two maybe be a cop-out, but I already mentioned it. Ragnarok, just a really good, fun movie. Like I was very impressed. And maybe because I walked in the theater having low expectations due to how bad Dark World, you know, mediocre Dark World was, but it was fantastic. From start to finish, couldn't stop watching. Hilarious. Great character development for him, for Hulk. Um, it was a great introduction of those, uh, what, what are they called again? They were like riding like unicorn ponies. Oh, the Valkyries. Excellent, thank you. You can cut out unicorn ponies if you want, but I thought it was pretty apropos. Because they were majestic. The Valkyries were amazing. Yeah. They were amazing women. It was just so cool. Um, so that was awesome. And this is where I struggled. Like We've talked about it on the podcast. How do I parcel through? I kind of want to just treat Infinity War as Endgame as the same movie, right? Because it's, it was basically a part one and a part two. If you, you know, gun to my head, I'm going to say Endgame. But I think Infinity War, I really appreciated and we've talked about it until Endgame came out. This was one of the first movies similar to what you see in like the Dark Knight of like Batman. Right. Of the antagonist, the villain actually winning. Winning in many ways. And that did continue to Endgame because they technically don't bring Natasha back. Tony dies. You have all of these things that drastically shift yeah. where the series goes. And then back to Quill, my man, you know, my <laughs> doppelganger, people have called him. He, you know, his dynamic um, is totally different even after Endgame because Definitely. when they bring back Gamora, it's a different version that doesn't know him. So like yeah. his journey is totally different now. So I think you have to appreciate that although they saved the day, quote unquote, the MC universe from that point on is like going to be drastically different. And they can't go back. So that's what I really appreciate about both those movies. And again, it had my favorite moment maybe of all time with the cap hammer. Mm -hmm. Pretty awesome. Um, and for me, what we talked about at length was really the like Thanos as a character. Yeah. Like just incredible how they were able to write him as someone that like you you technically don't disagree with him at every point. Like you again, you, he was just so great. You feel bad for him almost at some points when mm -hmm. he has to kill Gamora, right? Think mm -hmm. about those moments. It's like what like I've never had that experience where like I was like, oh my God, I feel bad for the villain, you know? So that was really cool. So that's maybe a cop out, a combined movie. My number one for sure. I like it because it's when you when you do these rankings, if you're trying to do a top five if Infinity War and Endgame are automatically going to take up two places, it, it's it kind of like, yeah, ah, Yeah, it feels yeah. unfair to the other movies. So that's why I literally hey. wrote them in my notes, number one, and like, they're the same. It gives me. us a chance to talk about more movies, which is fantastic. Bing, so. bang, boom. Love it. Can we talk about the most overrated movies, in my opinion, or underrated? I would love to hear about the movies you think are overrated and underrated. I'm going to get a lot of it. I don't know. Like, maybe your listeners like me right now. And I'm about to say something that they don't like. Can I be honest? I think it's more engaging for listeners when people bring yeah. the hot takes. I honestly thought, not that it was a bad movie, but this is the problem. The amount of hype I heard going into it, I was like, okay, blow my expectations away. Okay. And maybe that's the problem when you okay. have really high expectations. That's true. Let me just put that as context. Black Panther, okay. I thought was overrated. Okay. And I watched it four times within a span of a month just to make sure. So right? you weren't just right. You so wanted I spent to make sure money. you weren't going to mm -hmm. make a claim without yes. your your backup. I get why it's such a critical movie. I think in the universe, but I was just a little underwhelmed by it. 
I actually think I was more underwhelmed by Michael B. Jordan, mm. who is an actor in the past I've liked. I thought he was really mediocre in the movie. I'm just going to wow. be honest. Yeah. Wow. Hot take, Bring right? Bring in the like, hot takes? I don't get it. Hot take pancakes? Right? I like hot it. Hot pancakes? Hot takes, hot cakes. That's it, you know, but- I, I what I love about this rap is big. I don't personally agree. So I I, I appreciate that. I love yeah. Black Panther. I mm-hmm. think it's in my yeah. Black Panther's in my top ten for sure. It's mm-hmm. it keeps it's hard to say what's in your top ten or not because so as more movies come yeah. out, I feel like I want everything to be in my top ten. Not everything, <laughs> not yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Black Panther is one of my favorites in in my top ten. However, you're not the only person I've heard who thought this. There's a a podcaster personality person called Van Lathan, Mm -hmm. who I listen to on the Ringiverse sometimes. And his hot take is that he doesn't think Black Panther is as great as everybody says it is. There's an episode on on their show on the Ringiverse. It's him and his co-host and they actually bring it to quote unquote Midnight Court. He and his co-host are the Midnight Boys. They're fantastic. So this is a a plug for the Midnight Boys over at the I'm going to have to start listening to them. And he and his co-host, they debate the merits of Black Panther. So he says he thinks Black Panther is a good movie, but overrated. Mm -hmm. Again, with all that hype. And his co-host brings in the other perspective and says, no, man, you are completely wrong. Black Panther is amazing. So it might be worth a listen. It's a a good one. Um, That's really interesting to hear. To each their own. Do you have something that you think is underrated? I think so underrated them based on how I liked it was actually the Ant-Man movies. Okay. I actually think mm-hmm. they're kind of glossed over as just like, mm-hmm. well, that's just like Paul Rudd getting his own thing, whatever. They're actually really good, especially the second one and the Wasp. Yeah. I love their dynamic. Like it's like the classic sidekick, but like she's actually like super amazing. Oh, yeah. If you have to bleep this out, I'm sorry, but like she's badass. Talk about having a crush. She was amazing. <laughs> so like I thought maybe those were a little underrated. Um, I can see why they're glossed over because if you're thinking of the scope of the universe, like where does that really fit in? Does that matter? However, then I would argue it does come back, right? Because without him, it doesn't happen. Um, but and I so I get it, but I did actually really enjoy those movies quite a lot. Oh yeah, they're great, mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Paul Rudd's also just like a great guy. He owns an ice cream place in Rhinebeck. Did you know that? In Rhinebeck? Yeah. No, I used yeah, to live right near Rhinebeck. Yeah. If he's listening to the podcast, you know. Paul, what's up? Paul, how you doing? <laughs> love your movies. Um, Great guy. I love you, man. Well, thank you so much, Rob. Thank you, This Tara. was a lot of fun. Thanks this for is... sharing your MCU top fives, plus some uh, over-unders. And, uh... Under- over-unders? <laughs> I love it. Like we're projecting picks. Yeah. A little over-unders, a little top five. Just a quick editor's note. This episode has been in the works for a couple of weeks. And after we recorded, Rob and I did go to see Shang-Chi together and he loved the movie. I don't want to speak too much for him. Maybe he'll be back on to talk about his take, but he really, really enjoyed it. He was laughing and reacting throughout the film. And afterward, as we were leaving, he did say he might need to reconsider some of his rankings now. So another fan who was really impressed by Shang-Chi. So now that you've heard my conversations with Lori, Kevin, CH, and Rob, it's time for me to reveal my top five favorite MCU movies. Full disclosure, some of those conversations that you just heard, I have already had when I'm recording this, and some I haven't. So you might hear me reference a couple of those conversations, but not all in terms of where we might have things in common. Okay, so since I have been a fan of the MCU, I have engaged with this idea of ranking the films. I've played with ranking all of them overall, ranking just solo films, etc. and so on. Could also rank origin films. I'm hearing a lot of conversation now that Shang-Chi is out about where that movie lands on people's list of favorite origins. As I said at the top of this episode, when it comes to ranking, are we looking at 
what these films did in terms of their overall impact on the MCU, or are we looking at something a bit more personal? And I've decided to go the personal route and to offer here in my list a combination of nostalgic picks, things that either resonated with me years ago and have really continued to have significance to me as I revisit them, or newer films that, despite what I keep calling recency bias, right, the idea that your brain gives greater significance to those events which are more recent, because that's what stands out the most in terms of how memory works, I I suppose. Um, All of that aside, even if something is a bit more recent, if it's had a tremendous impact on me, I'm not going to discount that and not put that toward the top of my list just because of that, especially because anything that's been coming out more recently are things that are imbued with the special meaning of as being part of the era of my doing this podcast. And so that will hold a a huge significance to me moving forward as well. So enough about that. Let me get into it. Going with a recent pick for number five, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Most recent film, fresh on my mind. Seen it four times, including the night before last. And for reasons that I already mentioned in this episode and in my first impressions episode, I was absolutely blown away by this film. The hype is very real and it lives up to it. I'm going to be doing a deeper dive into Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings coming up on the podcast to give it its full due. But in the meantime, suffice it to say that each time I see this film, I love it more and more. It feels like an instant classic. It is an origin story that is fresh and creative and unique, but it's still got those elements of the MCU that are familiar and comforting. The fight choreography is the best I've seen. Each time I've seen it in the theater, I'm just buzzing with excitement about the fight scene on the bus, the fight scene in Macau on the scaffolding of the building. I love this film. The characters are dynamic, and I love the interactions among them. When we get to Talo and we're in this mystical world with the creatures and the dragon, it's just a beautiful, beautiful film. And I'm going to stop myself from talking about it too much because, as I said, you can check out my first impressions episode and there will be a deeper dive coming on the podcast. So I can say with confidence, as of right now, Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings is in my top five MCU films. For number four, I don't think this is going to surprise anyone. (laughs) Another recent pick, Black Widow. Now, I know I'm not alone in loving Shang-Chi and having it in my top five. Black Widow didn't seem to resonate with as many people. Definitely saw some critique saying that the timing of it was not right and that the consequences didn't feel real enough because we know what happens to her character in Avengers Endgame. I've mentioned this before. To me, the opposite is true. Knowing what happens to her character in Avengers Endgame made seeing Black Widow all the more powerful. Having waited years to see a solo film starring Scarlett Johansson as Natasha Romanoff has made it all of the more powerful for me. Seeing some quiet, intimate moments of reflection for Natasha, getting insight into how her past has shaped who she would become in the other installments of the MCU. I am a big fan of nonlinear storytelling, so for me, having this chapter come after the others makes it more exciting for me. I love Florence Pugh as Elena with all of my heart. I love David Harbour as Alexi. I love Rachel Weisz as Melina. Everything about this film is dynamic to me. I love ground-level fighting, even the scenes in Shang-Chi that I cited as my favorite. 
while they're absolutely surreal in many ways and human bodies cannot do the types of things that they do, I do think Shang-Chi and Black Widow as well have more of that ground level. The parts of Shang-Chi that are my favorite are more of the ground level than the CGI dragon stuff. And in Black Widow, similarly, the fight scene between Yelena and Natasha when they reunite, the fight scenes between between Natasha and Taskmaster on the ground, Natasha facing off with Dracoff and the Black Widows, incredible. The music of this film, I talked a lot about the soundtrack in the Top 10 Needle Drops episode I did, but also the score by Lauren Balf just immediately struck a chord with me. And I can't talk enough about how much I love Black Widow. And and it took me by surprise. I I was really looking forward to it. I always liked Natasha. I was a fan of the other actors in the film. And I knew it was going to be good. I just didn't realize it was going to hit me as hard as it did. So again, all of that stuff about recency aside, I can't deny the fact that this film brought me to the theaters five times this summer. And I also have it on Disney Plus and watched it there a couple times. And I pre-ordered the Blu-ray and I'm really, really excited to dig into the deleted scenes and the extra features on there. So Black Widow, number four. Now, my top three are all films that came out before, in some cases long before, the era of my podcasting and spending as much time as I do now in really uh, watching and re-watching these films with a particular purpose of talking about them and doing some analysis. But these are also films that I've rewatched with different lenses many, many times and had a huge impact on me from the very first time I saw them. Number three is Captain America the Winter Soldier. Probably not a surprise as I've talked countless times about how Steve Rogers is my favorite character. Winter Soldier is so good. When I saw it in theaters for the first time, I wasn't a huge MCU fan at the time. I had seen a handful of them in the theaters, but not all. There were a couple that I don't think I had seen at all yet. And and I just remember sitting there and just falling in love with this film. It's got some other characters in the MCU who I love. Among them, of course, Natasha and Steve and Natasha's friendship and the way that they relate to one another and the ways that in which they're similar and different really start to come out in this film. And then that's developed in Civil War, Infinity War, and Endgame. And I love that friendship. Um, but in addition to that, we have Nick Fury. Nick Fury, I should have also mentioned as an honorable mention for my favorite characters. He is so central to the Infinity Saga. And I love his role in the films. And he's a huge part of Winter Soldier. We have Bucky Barnes as the Winter Soldier, another character who whose story I'm drawn to. This sense of... Who are you when you've found out that your actions have not been your own, your choices have not been your own, and now you have to come to terms with what you've done? I think that's immensely interesting. I think his relationship to Steve is incredibly moving. Sam Wilson, the Falcon, makes his first appearance in Captain America the Winter Soldier. Another character who, on first watch, like I just love him. The fact that he is so willing to get back into a world that he has left because Captain America has shown up at his door and needs his help. These characters really speak to me. As I said, with Black Widow and Shang-Chi, I love that ground level fighting. There are aspects to Black Widow that really remind me of Captain America the Winter Soldier, and I, and I think that's one of the many reasons why Black Widow really struck a chord with me. Winter Soldier, I love everything about it. Often forget that this movie co-stars Robert Redford, a classic, prolific American actor. There's a lot to dig into in this movie in terms of its themes about freedom and security and organizations and individuals. I love Captain America. I love the Winter Soldier. I love Captain America the Winter Soldier. What more is there to say? Number two. 
2012's The Avengers. Now, this is one that I'm not sure many people have in their top five, let alone, in my case here, putting it at number two. But again, this is another movie that I can vividly remember sitting in the theater for the first time and watching it. Again, not being a huge MCU person at the time just yet, but being captivated by Tom Hiddleston's performance as Loki, being incredibly intrigued by this story unfolding the first 45 minutes or so of the Avengers when one by one you're introduced to this team of characters or reintroduced to to them because in some manner or another they had all appeared in previous installments but in the case of Hulk it's a new actor in the case of Natasha we hadn't seen too much of her in the case of Clint we hadn't seen very much of him at all so thinking about how they were all going to interact with each other and then seeing that part unfold when they when they did meet up it's where it all began. I would argue that it's where the universe part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe really began because yes there were because yes there was overlap and there was intention in the first phase of films but the Avengers really proved that having these crossovers was going to work. I love the Avengers. Looking back on it now, it seems almost modest because it doesn't have the spectacle that the later team-up movies have, but it's just such a good story. Again, you have my guy Nick Fury in there with the There Was an Idea speech. We have the team coming together. We see the ways in which these characters are going to play off of one another and sometimes clash as we move forward in the MCU. It's probably the MCU film I've seen the most. Winter Soldier is up there too, but there's something to the Avengers that just that just feels like a nostalgic treat. So I have to put Avengers at my number two spot. And that leaves one spot. And like Rob, what I'm deciding to do here is (laughs) choose one or the other, Endgame or Infinity War, and then have the asterisk that says the other one is basically tied here as well. I didn't want to rank both Endgame and Infinity War in the top five because then that only leaves three other slots. And frankly, I wanted to talk about more movies. So when it comes to which one I rank in this top spot, it's tough because I think both of these films are absolutely incredible. But while Infinity War is stunning, the way that the writers and the directors balance a tremendous cast of characters is expert. The fact that Thanos wins is mind-blowing. It was mind-blowing at the time to see that unfold. And the last scenes of Infinity War are some of the most powerful in the entire MCU. That being said, I have to give my number one spot to Endgame. The three acts of Endgame all do something so intentional and so different. And each one completely works for me. From the first act where we see more of the immediate aftermath of Infinity War and then jumping ahead the five years and kind of like with Avengers 2012 where you're introduced to each character in their own context before they come together. Here we see what Steve is up to. We see what Natasha is up to. We have Scott come in and kind of give us the the catalyst, the, the mechanism by which they might have a chance at winning again, reversing the loss. They get Hulk, they get Thor, they have to bring Tony back in. It's just it's just wonderful to watch. I love the small moments between the characters and their their dynamic. And Act 2, of course, with the time travel, Act 3 with the tremendous battle and the portals, and it's just 
so much to say about Endgame and I'm not going to go crazy because I know I've talked about it with guests before and this is making me feel like I want to do another episode on Endgame. It's making me feel like I want to do another episode on so many of these, maybe from a, a different angle or a different lens next time. But I have to put Avengers Endgame at number one. It's got some of the most, it's got some of the best moments in not just MCU, but superhero movie history, comic book movie history. Avengers Assemble, Cap Catching Mjolnir, all of the heroes coming out of the portals, the deaths of the deaths of Natasha and Tony, which are so awful, so sad, but so powerful. And knowing that they stick this time as opposed to the disappearances at the end of Infinity War. Incredible film all around. Put it at number one, Avengers Endgame. If you enjoyed this episode about MCU top fives, you can follow the podcast at an idea underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Artwork by Brooke Pender, who you can follow on Instagram at bpenderillustrations, and music by Demeter Salvia, who you can find on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Thank you for listening, and be sure to tune in in upcoming weeks for discussions on the last few episodes of What If, discussions on the recent trailers that dropped for the upcoming MCU projects, and any and all content related to the MCU. <laughs>